the podcast on Scripture and Reason, discussing life and Jesus' church in our age. Well, I wish I could say that I coined this phrase, and I just heard it the other day. It might have been MacArthur. I'll give it to you. Uh, I don't want John MacArthur calling me and saying, God's the guy. <laughs> yeah. Well, he just yeah. keeps calling all the time right. anyway. You yeah. know, hey, can right. you help me with this yeah. sermon yeah. study? Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on any content. And so today we talk about theodicy. Ah, theodicy, a fancy theological term coined by Gottfried Leibniz. Oh. In the Didn't he used to have like... Uh, Late night with uh, <laughs> he did Godfrey. No, it was sometime in the Something late else. 1600s, early 1700s. Uh, the uh, the problem of evil, or the problem of God's omnipotence and goodness in the face of evil in the world, which has led to the writing of horrible books such as "Why Do Bad Things Happen to Good People." Mm. Horrible book. Mm. Uh, as somebody has said before, it should be renamed, Why Do Bad Books Happen to Good People? Like that. <laughs> um, horrible design. Actually, I know of some pastors that think that book is awesome, awful, uh, is awesome, and which I just, uh, is shocks me because it's not. Um, but it is an issue with people. You know, how can, how can we view God as good when there is so much bad in the world? Now, this might be a point where we direct people back to listen to the podcast on God's sovereignty. Certainly, uh, prior to diving into this, because but it is a uh, it it is an issue for a number of people, and might even been for you and me in previous in times past. Uh, yeah, and I think also you know it, it's important to give due to evil and and what evil means because it would be easy to kind of whisk away. Um, the bad things that happen to people, right? Because I think in scope there is, you know, when you're kind of, you know, poking at that, what's in scope is, well, gee whiz, why do, why do bad things happen to me? I, I got stuck in traffic and I spilled my coffee on my lap and, um, I, you know, I was late for my dog's grooming appointment. Right, and <laughs> which is certainly, which things like that could be inconvenient. Mm, frustrating. But are, <laughs> frustrating. But maddening. Maddening, but are not evil in of themselves. I think when we look to those things, uh, naturally people would say events like, for example, the Holocaust would be viewed as evil, and rightfully so. And how could a good God allow something like that to happen? Right. Yes. And and I think, it, and then too, that's that's kind of nebulous uh, as well, right? Because it, it, it can feel far away, Um and it, it can feel once removed. Um, how about someone, you know, murders your your husband? Someone murders your wife. Someone murders your child. Um, then that gets very real, very fast, and it's not so easy to uh, not so easy to wash away. Right, or the drunk driver that kills it kills kills your son or daughter or things like this. We it happens every single day. Things like that. Yeah. There is no doubt that there is evil in the world. And, and not to wash away the Holocaust, of course, right? I mean, this is this is horrific, um, but also at the same time to kind of to, to you know to bring it down and and very much personalize it so that we're not insensitive to people for whom really bad things are happening and they are evil. So then I so I mean, there's the containerization. Okay, how do you make this personal? Um, and then there's also what what is evil? And 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 when evil starts to grow, what does and can 
evil look like? I think you have to deal with the problem of evil or deal with the nature of evil a little bit first. Well, what are your thoughts? I mean, what, when you think when you think of of evil, uh, what do you, what comes to mind for you, or what would your definition of that be? The fruit of sin unbridled. Mm. Um, and so, it, go ahead. I was to say it doesn't have to be fully unrestrained. Um, I'm not even sure if we've ever seen or experienced fully unrestrained evil. I would say we probably haven't. Uh, I don't know who it was who made the statement, but that if God were to leave, take his hand away of restraint of evil in the world, that we probably wouldn't even be able to leave our houses. Oh, I think it would just cease to exist. Yeah, right? that could very well be. I, it, it would self-destruct. So it's, it's, it's so interesting because, if, frankly, it's by God's grace that he allows us to live. Right? He could turn us into a grease spot on, on the ground and be absolutely justified in doing so. Absolutely. Uh, I think back one of the one of the passages I come back to with regard to uh, uh, the evil is Isaiah chapter forty five verses uh, six six and seven. Yeah, you want me to read that? You want me to read Isaiah forty five six and seven? Yep. Let me let me try to pull. Uh, I said pull that up, but really what I'll be doing is uh, flipping through the pages because um, I love that sound of the. Loose leaves of Bible paper. Um, Isaiah 45, you said? Yes. Um, verses 6 through f- six through 5. Mark, 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 Mark. I'll be able to find that. Go ahead. Just take no, care what? of it. I'll come out and clip that. You keep farting with the thing. Well, no, I was just moving it. It came off. You say moving. I say farting. The human torch was denied a bank loan. You done there, pal? Yeah, let's go back. All right. Mark, 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 Mark. Isaiah 45, verses 6 and 7. That people may know from the rising of the sun and from the west that there is none besides me. I am the Lord and there is no other. Seven. Oh. I form light and create darkness. I make well-being and create calamity. I am the Lord who does all these things. Mm, so, perhaps just a plain text reading that seems you know fairly damning with regard to God and the the problem, the quote unquote problem of evil, but think we're missing some parts with regard to that. If we think about what this means in with God's sovereignty, right? There was a time on this planet when there was no evil. When Adam and Eve were first formed with the stewardship of the earth, so forth and so on, we could say there was no evil. But after the curse came, after they fell, right? It seems that in God's sovereignty, he tolerates the evil, those things that are disobedient and anti-God. And then he can use those things and overrule those things in his administration of 
or you know, in his sovereignty over the world, in his use of justice in the world. I don't think that we appreciate enough God's grace and in his patience by allowing us to exist. So, you know, like you said, there's going to be some some crosswalk here. But sure. like we said, with the problem of uh, discussing sovereignty, starting from a man based perspective, um, we take a, a self-justified perspective. We understand why we sin. We get it. It's because our hearts love the darkness, not the light. And so when we think of when we think of God and his holiness, we don't appreciate enough that he stays his wrath against sin in real time because he'll satisfy it on on the on the um on the cross of Christ in the past on our behalf. So he allows us by his grace to live and experience life and learn to trust him as believe that's so much grace to even allow us to continue to breathe. Whereas we think, well, he should just save us because we're good. Well, unless uh, in case somebody wants to, if they just dive out of this podcast now, they're not going to listen to anything more. Let's let's get this clear. God is not the creator of evil, but he does allow it to exist for a period of time, much like he allows sin to exist for a period of time to bring about his ultimate glorification in salvation and in the new heaven and the new earth. I guess that would be a a fairly clear statement. You know, we, we God is not the creator of evil because it would be impossible. Because there is no one good except for God, right? Jesus himself says, that. why do you call me a good teacher? Because there is no one good except for God. So that means the, he's the antithesis of what evil is. So he cannot be the creator of it, although he can allow it to exist or will that it exists, correct? Yep. If we look to uh, the book of Habakkuk, uh, chapter 1, verse 6, it says this, we remember uh, or Habakkuk or Habakkuk, uh, the prophet is, why are you not, why are these things uh, happening? Why aren't you doing something to punish this wickedness that is happening? And God says in verse 6 of chapter 1 of Habakkuk, he says, For behold, I am raising up the Chaldeans. Chaldeans were a pagan nation, that fierce and impetuous people who will march throughout the earth to seize dwelling places which are not theirs. Verse 7, they are dreaded and feared. Their justice and authority originate with themselves. Their horses are swifter than leopards and keener than wolves in the evening. Their horsemen come galloping. Their horsemen come from afar. They fly like an eagle swooping down to devour. All of them come for violence. Their horde of faces moves forward. They collect captives like sand. They mock at kings and rulers are laughing. And rulers are a laughing matter to them. They laugh at every fortress and heap up rubble and capture it. Then they will sweep through like the wind and pass on. But what happens? So God using them to enact justice. But then he says this in part B of verse 11, but they will be held guilty. They whose strength is their God. They are not going to be without punishment themselves. They too will be held guilty, although God will use them to enact justice. Thoughts? It's a careful balance that I don't think we can, and I don't want to wash away our responsibility to be diligent. Correct. Uh, but 
the careful balance is that when the word of God reveals that he is not the author of sin, we accept that and conform the way that we understand those things and these situations of which we don't know all the detail to what he has already said. Um, so we know he's not the author of sin. Right. Um, no one is bound to sin because of what God has done. Right, because sin is of the nature of man. Right, it's not They're a... naturally twisted yeah. or turned against God in his ways. No double predestination. Correct. Um, everyone is acting of their own creaturely free will. Correct. They are within the, within the confines of their nature. They are freely acting. Mm-hmm. Yep, so it's not like... Um, God creates man and woman. He um, allows them the agency of marriage. Um, he blesses them with the gifts of sex and attraction. And then man or woman cheats and, uh, you know, cheats on their spouse. Um, and, and God's like, yep, I caused you to do that. Um, and, and the man is just a victim of God's sovereignty and, and causing him to go out and um, cheat on his bride. Which is an incorrect statement that it isn't God's fault. It's within man himself that does that. Uh, Genesis chapter 3, verse 17. Uh, after the fall, God says these words to Adam. Then to Adam he said, Because you have listened to the voice of your wife, and have eaten from the tree about which I commanded you, saying, You shall not eat from it. Okay, so he was disobedient to God and followed his wife. Free will choice. Cursed is the ground because of you. In toil you will eat of it all the days of your life. Both thorns and thistles it shall grow for you. And you will eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your face you will eat bread till you return to the ground. Because from it you were taken. For you are dust, and to the dust you will return. The curse that was that was placed upon the earth because of the sin that entered through Adam and Eve's disobedience, right? Not because of God coercing them, right? Forcing them to do such a thing. They free will cho- chose. Remember, we had spoke about in the, in the in the sovereignty podcast that Adam and Eve were unique as compared to us. They had the ability to sin and the ability to not sin. Whereas, because of the curse, we are enslaved to sin by the federal headship of Adam. We are enslaved to sin, which is part of our nature. Whereas, we cannot choose not to not sin, although we can. Take a moment and not sin. Sin will will be part of our part of our lives, of which we cannot free ourselves from. We need some agency outside of that to do that, yeah. which of course is Jesus Himself, as one always does. Um, I'd like to go to Romans eight for clarity, please. <laughs> um, Romans eight. Uh, let's do verses twenty nine through thirty, please. And we know. That for those who love God, all things work together for, the, for good, for those who are called according to his purpose. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed 
to the image of his son in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And it continues to give clarity. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. So this is God doing all of these things, never the person doing these things. He called, he predestined, he called, he justified, he justified, he glorified. Otherwise known as the golden chain of redemption, right? For God's glory, this is what's going to happen. So two very important things in verse 29, he both foreknew and predestined. So it's not that he looked through the corridor of time, found good people, and knew that they would find him and wrote their name in the Lamb's Book of Life. He he, he both foreknew them and he predestined them. Right. So he has a foreknowledge of how people will be. So he can foreknow what Pharaoh will do in a situation. He can create create the events around Pharaoh and use that for his good. So in effect, he is forth telling. So he can then, um, uh, he can then have the environment within which Pharaoh will desire to have all of the male children murdered and, and uh, having Jesus's prophecies be lived out through Pharaoh's own free will, creaturely free will decisions. Correct. And, and all they're within, evil. Right. They're evil and all within the free will of Pharaoh so that he is fully responsible for his actions. Fully responsible. Pharaoh is fully responsible for what he does because it's within, for lack of better terms, his heart's desire is to do those things. And God can harden his heart. Yes. By presenting an opportunity for him to do good. He's unable. He does not do good. His heart becomes progressively hardened. Correct. Who made the decisions? Did God say, hey, uh, specifically, you may not choose for good? No. God puts good in front of him. He does not do it. His heart becomes hardened. Correct. Through not choosing for good. Yeah. And this is, again, it goes from, are we God-centered in what we view of God? Or are we man-centered? Who is the who is this all about? I would say it's all about God and his glory, not man and man's glory. So that there is no greater miracle than a sinner saved by God's grace through Christ Jesus, right? There's no greater miracle than that because that is the agency of God working in the hardened sinner's heart to make it a heart of flesh, right? To change that around. So when we come to the problem of evil, it isn't so much that it's a problem of a good God and evil because the evil that exists in the world is the evil of a man's heart that has, has manifested over time, correct? That is that, that evil is the outpouring of what is natural to the natural man is the evil that comes in. Now, God in his grace, God always good, has provided the means to rectify that situation that was brought about by Genesis 3.15, by, that is brought about by the curse, right? He has provided the seed, right, through, through the seed of the woman, Jesus Christ himself, God enfleshed on earth, right? The, the son of God enfleshed on earth who will go to the cross, which is the full embodiment of evil, right? 
that the that the that the only innocent one goes to the cross, right? To become sin for who that who he who is is does know no sin becomes sin for those who are sinners, right? Mm-hmm. Takes the punishment of God upon himself. So the ultimate good confronts the ultimate evil. Would that be a correct statement on the cross? Right? Is what happens there. So evil isn't, it isn't so much a problem of evil as it is a problem of how people view evil in the world. And I think what happens is, is we quickly want to place evil in God's hands rather than taking responsibility for ourselves in the evil that is within the world. And like so many things, it all stems to the garden. Uh, Eve, Adam, the fruit is delicious. Mm. Are you going to withhold from yourself something that is delicious, something that will be satisfying? Um, Because God has told you it's not good to eat. Well, surely you can eat it. It's not going to kill you. Um, Surely he's withholding a knowledge from you. And those things, when Adam and Eve went after the fruit, decided to satisfy their desire to know what this deliciousness was, um, evil was immediately unleashed through not trusting God. And so that separation from God, that trusting yourself, that making your own decisions, is that's the stem of evil. So it, it isn't God. It's our disobedience. It is evil. Look at uh, James chapter 1. Uh, verses uh, 13 through 15. James states this. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted by evil. And he, that means God himself, does not tempt anyone. Okay, so let's think about that for a second. So God does not tempt anyone. So if God doesn't tempt anyone, when we when we go down that pathway of, of sinful desires, he's going to give us the reason why that happens in verse 14. But each one is tempted when he is carried away and enticed by his own lust. Then when lust has conceived, this is verse 15, then when lust has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And when sin is accomplished, it gives, brings forth death. And let's run the whole way back to Genesis chapter 4. We see God himself warning Cain about this same thing. It is not God who tempts. Genesis chapter 4, starting in verse 6. Remember, this is after the, uh, after the offering of Cain was not accepted. And 6 is said, Then the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry, and why has your countenance fallen? Verse 7, it says, if you do well, will not your countenance be lifted up? And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door and its desire is for you, but you must master it. That word that we translate desire from the Hebrew uh, might even be better translated. It, It is desiring. It wants to devour you. That is the nature of sin in our lives, that it seeks to devour us. It was either Thomas, uh, it was one of the Puritans, perhaps Thomas Watson was said, uh, is that you know sin in our lives, right, 
God doesn't create the sin in our lives, but God allows that sin are to exist for a period of time. The sin is like that burning coal in the middle of a, if there's a burning coal in the middle of your house, if you're not tending to it, it will consume you and consume the house itself, right? So it isn't God that, it isn't God that, that, that forces temptation on us. It's, it, it's God and those evil things that we, excuse me, it's those evil things that we allow to consume us. Yeah. And, and give me some room with an illustration here. Go ahead. Um, in that same passage from James, um, the, the Greek word on, on sin there is used to describe archers and hitting the target. Right. right? Hamartia. Okay. Um, Harmatia. Yeah, I don't know. Um, the interesting thing about that kind of a thought is um, the further that you get from the target, the the wider that margin of error or that angle becomes, right? So if I miss by two inches at 100 yards, back up to 1,000 yards. Your feet. Back up from there, back up from there. Um, so I think that can be applied both to time. How, how far are we from God's presence in the garden? How many compounding effects of individual sin have we seen? Uh, families scarred by sin, uh, nations scarred by eons of war, people separated further and further through, uh, racist and divisive thoughts and, and, um, ideologies, evil has this compounding effect that just widens both with distance from God, meaning how much do I look at God? How much do I bask on God? How much do I read scripture and stay close so that when I miss the mark, it's by a lesser margin, but also how much has sin grown and, and, and become, you know, um, increasingly frequent, increasingly deep, um, evil then, um, the problem of, of evil, as m- more and more people, perhaps, I don't know, may- maybe the percentages are actually the same, but um, the, the distance from God, the cultural willingness to, to make mockery of God, the more and more you see the impacts of that playing out in very evil ways. People want their sexual freedom, and so they will, um, they will violate others. Right. They, well, not only will they violate others, but it goes back to, you know, when you see things like uh, abortion, for example, answers the question, am I, for my sexual freedom, am I willing to commit murder? You know, for one to place that blame upon God, that is, that's blasphemous to do so. You know, to say that God is the creator of evil is, is blasphemous to do so. You, you, st- you, 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 you gave a good point. I mean, people will always bring up, well, look at these, uh, these situations where God told the Israelites to go in and kill every man, woman, and child. All the animals in this, in this culture, right? Uh, what we forget to say is, is, is it's very limited what God says to do, but we're also talking cultures that committed child sacrifice, abhorrent child sacrifice. So what happens when a culture like that exists not only for a thousand years, but 10,000 years? It yeah. doesn't just stop at this level of sin. The sin keeps increasing. We see it in our society right now. And, and pause on that example. Um, going back to the foreknowing that God's foreknowledge is exhaustive. And so, you know, 
we put ourselves in a man-based decision and judge God with none of the information that God has. It's, it's, right. I often laugh, whether it's President Obama, whether it's you know Reagan, um, Bush, uh, Trump, whomever, but you know you you have um, people who who watch the news. A president makes a decision, and and the, immediately, right? They are uh, passing judgment. Judgment. The pundits are saying, "Oh, he should have done this. He should have done that." The funny thing is, they have no idea what intelligence these decisions are being Correct. made on. No idea what kinds of briefings they're getting. The kinds of things that, and 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 you know, the 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 things that they say in front of the television are broadcast for everyone to see. They can't talk to the intelligence they have, right? So, you know earthly example of a biblical truth, God's foreknowledge is exhaustive. Um, God has told us he's holy. He has told us he is love. And so when he does these things, we accept that the the decisions and the, and, the, and the actions that he has expressed are from a loving place that we can trust. And when we allow ourselves to judge his actions and then and then become to trust him less based on actions or try to describe those away, we're missing the point that he is a sovereign creator of everything who who is acting in love when he does something that we don't understand. But we don't have his intelligence, his background, and his knowledge. Think about this. Uh, as you were speaking, it made me think of Romans chapter 5, starting verse 6. Uh, we are going to... Uh, through verse 8, and it states this, For while we were still helpless, I could stop right there. We could do a sermon on that for a couple weeks of a sermon on while we were still helpless, helpless in our sin. Remember, we, we spoke about in the podcast about God's sovereignty that man is unable to do things outside of his character, and his character is naturally sinful in nature, right? So he needs God to come into the life to help it out because he says this, For while we were still helpless, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. For one will hardly die for a righteous man, though perhaps for the good man someone would dare even to die. But God demonstrates his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us, changing those that would believe in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, changing that behavior, changing that heart of stone that is hardened towards God into a heart of flesh on which God's law is written upon his heart, right, is what happens there. You know, this is the, uh, this is the change. Uh, John himself says in 1 John chapter 3, verse 8, he says, the one who practices Sin is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. The Son of God appeared for this purpose, to destroy the works of the devil. Without Christ in our lives, we are sons of the devil. Without Christ doing that work in us, we are sons of the devil. But when we know Jesus as Lord and Savior, filled with the Holy Spirit, those works of the devil will in us are being destroyed, right? Becoming sons and daughters of the God most high. So God is not the author of evil. Although evil is allowed to exist for a period of time by God's will. Yeah. And, and, you know, evil is one of those, one of those things that, that I think does have in the way that we understand it matters, you know, degrees, um, You know, we, we, we see it in terms of degrees, but, 
In fact, it's the distance from God. It, it, it's it's like distinguishing between you know oh it's uh, it's warmer here because we're on a mountain and closer to the sun. Mm. <laughs> yeah, right, right. That exactly, many right. light years away to begin with. Well, think with. about this. I mean, that you brought the sun, which is a great, I, I think, a very good illustration. God, uh, God creates the sun. The sun, in turn, warms the earth. Correct. Mm-hmm. But when the sun goes down, the earth becomes cold. It's not the sun's fault that the earth becomes cold. It's the absence of the sun yep. that causes the earth to become become cold. Right. Yep. So the 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 absence of God in a place, evil will run. Rampant. And and who determines that God should be absent from a free creature? Correct. It's it's that all creature. With, right. It's all that it's all within the free will of that creature to 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 be hardened towards God. Freely and willingly hating God. Correct. I believe it was um Ray Comfort and um uh what's the guy's name? Ray Comfort and the actor. Oh, uh, Kirk Cameron. Yes. That used to use the example um, in their Way of the Master uh, stuff about someone when they're angry. It just exposes um, who we are. You know, you hit your finger with a hammer. Nobody ever yells Mahatma Gandhi. Right. Right. They, they, They take the Lord's name in vain. There's just this innate anger towards the thing of God in the hearts of men. Right. Like, why is that? Why, why? And then even if you're an unbeliever, and especially an unbeliever, I, I don't think I know any uh, believers who take the Lord's name in vain, w- w- you know, with, with, you know, freedom and frequency. But unbelievers, certainly. And why? You don't believe it. And why just that one? Right. Why, so why not some others? Why is all of your anger and ha- hatred, frankly, oriented towards this God in whom you don't believe? Right. Uh, I'm not angry at unicorns. Right. <laughs> not angry at unicorns or those little garden gnomes no, or anything cool. like that. You know, but it's something about that hatred of God that is innate in the in man himself. That that well, it's just I think that I believe we're coming to the end here, is that correct? Are we coming to a close on this subject? Yeah. Uh if you have any uh, closing statements, I want to read uh, out of Colossians uh, chapter 2, uh, starting verse 13, that if the, our listeners would uh, would uh, consider these words, uh, starting verse uh, Colossians chapter 2, verse 13 through 14, and it says this, When you were dead in your transgressions, and the uncircumcision of your flesh. So, meaning you followed the evilness of the world that was your natural desire. He made you alive together with him, having forgiven us all our transgressions. We can say forgiven us all our evil ways, all of our disobedience towards God, right? Having canceled out the certificate of debt consisting of decrees against us, which was hostile to us, and he has taken it out of the way having nailed it to the cross. That's how God solves the problem of evil in this world. He nailed it to the cross, changing our predilection towards evil 
to being allowed to be obedient towards him through Christ Jesus. Yeah, evil, I think evil could be a couple of things, right? It can, it, it can be a noun and a verb. Um, and I think both are used in Scripture. I think it's used both ways in Scripture, right? Um, evil can be anything that opposes God's nature. It can be our thoughts. It can be our attitudes towards God. Correct. It could be our lack of reverence for God, our lack of belief in God, frankly, can can right. be evil because it, it, it denies his nature. Um, Psalm 51, 4. Uh, but it also can be used to describe things that are the outflowing of denying God's holy nature. M- murder, abortion, um, uh, unfaithfulness to a spouse, um, ill treatment of people that denies the image of God in them. Correct. All evil in the sense of denying God's holy nature playing out in life. Yes. So we think of evil as degrees, right? We think of evil as something that's, oh, really, really bad. But based on what standard? It begins with God's nature. So anything that denies his nature is already By evil. definition, evil. Yeah. Yep. Right. And so, you know, we try to describe evil away as really bad so that we can compare ourselves who is a little to someone who is a little worse than us and say, well, that's evil. I'm not that guy. That's evil. Yep. Um, and so I think, you know, we kind of have to re-understand evil um, so that we can then read Scripture rightly and know that God's not its author. It, it's 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 the denial of his nature. He wouldn't create. He wouldn't make us deny his nature. We free willingly do that. And the only way we can know that is by studying the scripture itself. Yeah, completely agree. And taking it at its word, um, because to Amen not to do that. so is evil. Amen to that. Yeah. Until next time. Thank you. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on any content.